Welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number 15. Today is February 22nd, 2020. I'm your host, Dan, co-host Andy on the line here. How are you, Andy? I'm doing good today. Thank you. Well, we got a lot of lot of sports to cover today, and at the end of the uh, segment, of course, we'll have our musical segment, but we've got high school sports uh, wrapping up into the state tournament finals. We've got hockey, we've got NBA, NHL, XFL, Major League Baseball kicking off, and so I think what we should do, Andy, is start off with a little uh, little baseball, a little spring training. Yeah, some teams had exhibition games yesterday against uh, their college affiliate, their minor league affiliate. <laughs> Um, there was one actual game. I think it was uh, the Royals had a game yesterday. There was one I was looking at the other day. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was the Tigers were playing. Uh, I don't know if it was a minor league affiliate or a college team there. But they're actually behind early in the game. <laughs> and to come back and win. They're playing against the Fire, an exhibition game. Okay. The, the Tigers were actually behind and had to come back in the bottom of the ninth to win it. So that's could be a long year in Detroit, I think, for them. Well, that's interesting. Um, especially, did they have to go nine innings? I see some of these uh, preseasons only go seven. Yeah, well, I think because after six, they were tied at four, so that then they just kept playing. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, the Rangers and Royals game, that one a full nine. Uh, they were scoring the seventh, eighth, and ninth there by everybody. So I think it depends if it was a split squad or, you know, like I said, the Red Sox game went six, but they were playing, you know, an uh minor league team or college team. You know, so I think, yeah, Boston was playing, I believe they're playing Northeastern, which is um, the college they're based in Boston. And the, yeah. you know, the Twins played the Gophers, and both of those okay, games went, went seven or six or six and a half, seven innings. Um, for the yeah, six and a half of the Twins game, yeah. So what we've got for the Twins, a little review last night, first game against the Golden Gophers, uh, seven inning exhibition at Fort Myers, 16 to nothing final. What are your thoughts on that uh, that game? You know, you're saying that the pro team should beat the college team, yes. I, I don't know that the Gophers not send everybody down. I mean, I've always heard the Gophers are, I, I know the Gophers are a better team than that, but, and I don't mean to rip on the Twins, but they're not that good either. So maybe we never, I know the Twins didn't play their stars. Did we not, did we bring the, the JV team down for the Gophers? I'm not sure who all played, who's on what roster for that team, but uh, still a good experience for those guys either way. Yes, it's it's fun because they can say then that they you know played against the major leaguers uh, in a in a minor league ballpark, which is fun. I think they drew close to forty five hundred fans or five thousand fans for that game. But it was a one it was a one hit shutout by the Twins pitching staff. And like you said, we didn't bring the the big the big stars for either the pitching or the position players for that first game. We'll see those today in in the game against the Pittsburgh Pirates that starts at noon Central Time. But uh, you know I think. It was it was sixteen to nothing and a one hit shutout. Now the Gophers only had one hit. Gabe Knowles. Gabe Knowles had the only hit for the Minnesota Gophers, and he is a redshirt uh, junior uh, out of New Ulm. Got the only hit. No one else got hits. The Twins pitching staff had a, had a you know large number of strikeouts. I think eleven for the uh, game. Eleven strikeouts. Yep. And I don't know if it do, it does look like that that you know the Gophers brought their you know their big bigger bigger names yep. bigger players. Yeah, 11 strikeouts, uh, two walks for the Twins pitchers, and then the one hit. Uh, Gophers pitchers had Gopher pitchers struck out four, walked a 13. Oh, and then I also see that they had three errors. Yeah, nine hits and three errors, and walked a 13. So 
that's not going to help out no, much. Low, low nerves are for the college boys, but again, at least they got to play against the major leaders. They, they did, and one of the guys on the team, do you remember Brian Robbie, former twin? Yes. So Brian Robbie, uh, former twin, uh, played with the played with the Twins, Seattle, and Colorado Rockies. Uh, for a total of, I think he only had a total of 29 career at bats in the major leagues, but a very good hitter in the minors was in 1996. The, the minor league baseball won the batting title in all of minor leagues. Uh, uh, twins came up. He lives in, they, he's in, I think, Forest Lake, and uh, he coaches for Bethel as a head coach. Brian Robbie to this day is a head coach in his eighth year for Bethel University baseball team, which is D3. His son is Zach. Zach Robbie plays for the Golden Gophers was in that game yesterday playing second base against the Twins. So there's a connection there. And, nice. and uh, yeah, yeah. Brian Robbie, I looked it up, hit 351 in 1996 to lead all batters in the minor leagues. So he was a great star in double and triple A baseball. Very good talent. Also played for the Gophers. But like I said, got up to the major leagues, floated around between three teams, uh, played a half, uh, a handful of, a handful of games and, and got only 29 at bats, but very good ball player. Now, so that's that's really the it, it against the expi, ex, uh, you know those first game scrimmage. Now the exhibition kicks off in earnest today. Twins play the Pirates. All the other teams get into full action. Upcoming yeah, this week. Playing today. Some split, some split squad games for some teams today too. So that's kind of fun. Uh, the Twins. It'll be interesting for Josh Donaldson on this Tuesday. They will play the Braves. That's where. Uh, Josh Donaldson was last week, but uh, home opener essentially tomorrow, to Toronto at CenturyLink Park. The Blue Jays come to town, and like I said, today they're on the road against Pittsburgh. So we'll have more updates next week on the show. And uh, a little interesting fact, uh, the 6 o'clock game in West Palm Beach tonight, the Nationals at Astros. So we'll kind of see how the fan reactions are to the Astros coming back now, too. Well, that'll be very interesting because there's a lot of I think it was the Blue Jays. If you go to their website, they had a, uh, a little drum session that was recorded and, and uh, a video sent out uh, banging the drums uh, as, an ode, as an ode to the Astros drum banging. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out if we track the Houston Astros preseason because there's a lot of anger, a lot of hatred, a lot of animosity. It really, it really uh, you know, ruffled a lot of feathers, this whole Astros thing. Yeah, a few things I've heard online and seen online. Uh, one place is going on. They're saying the pitchers can't throw at the Astros players. Major League Baseball stepped in saying that. Yet the number of Astros players who be hit by a pitch this regular season has an over-under of 83.5. <laughs> so I figured out to one every, almost one every two games, one every 1.94 games. But one player said, uh, if pitchers can't throw at the Astros players, wait and see how hard they slide in the second, third, or home. Pick up oh. the first or break it up double plays, quote, quote, runner interference. So we'll see how that goes. And that'll be interesting. So we got a lot of time to look at that because a typical exhibition season in the major leagues is roughly 30 games. So we'll see how that all plays out before the regular season starts. But it should be should be interesting. Anything more for, for baseball, Andy? You know, just one more quote from uh, David Ortiz, Big Pop. Yep. First of all, I was never a fan of him. I, I didn't like when he was here. He left the Twins with bad taste in my mouth, the way he ripped on the organization. He goes to the Red Sox, gets accused of steroids, gets his title, but they all think he's the second coming on Boston. Anyway, never a big poppy fan. He had a quote about Mike Fryers yesterday, who's, uh, Mike Fryers was the guy who blew the whistle on the Astros. Yes. 
He plays for the A's now. Big Poppy said, quote, I'm mad at Mike Friars. After you make your money and you get your ring and you decide to talk about it, now you look like a snitch. Well, California guys who took steroids to win a world championship ring, too. You're not, you know, he's, he's almost condoning it in a way, in my opinion. Correct. You know, he's, it's an interesting he's okay quote. With it. Hey, you got your ring, you got your money, what's the big deal? And that's the way David Ortiz's whole attitude was, his whole career, and I just never respected him because of that. Again, kind of going back to the Kobe Bryant stuff a few weeks ago. Was Ortiz a good player? Yes. Because you can take all the steroids you want, you still got to hit the ball. Yep. But I just didn't like his attitude, his whole all-me, all-numbers type attitude. He wasn't a team player, and I just kind of rubbed me wrong on that one. So, But it doesn't surprise me that David Ortiz said something almost condoning it, you know. But uh, as far as baseball goes, I have one other note here. Uh, there is rumors that the New York Mets are for sale. And one of the potential buyers would be Alex Rodriguez. According uh, to a few sorts, uh, sources, the new name is potential suitor for the Mets is no other than Alex Rodriguez. Baseball and Wall Street insiders have told the New York Post that uh, former Yankee superstar is kicking the tires on the idea of becoming an upcoming of buying the team. Interesting. Now, I, it, this really kind of got going a lot more when uh, after Jeter bought the Mariners. Yes, yes. Because he kind of had this this uh, friend rivalry thing going with with Jeter. It's like, well, if Jeter bought a team, I could buy a team type of attitude, you know. Um. So. And the money, and know, the money is there. Got the money. Jalen's got the money. They can probably cut the check themselves. But they're <laughs> part of a, a a buying group, of course. You know, no one to be buying it all themselves. But, you know, A-Rod's not a bad guy. I mean, he, he knows the game. You know, he, he again, he did the steroids, too. It's not get down that road again. Yeah, I don't like him for doing that, but he was he's a smart guy. He's not going to just throw his money away. So, he's not buying the Mets to say, I got money. I want to buy my favorite team. Spoiled Brad attitude. He's like, I'll have to buy a team. How about the Mets? He grew up with a Mets fan. Um, the childhood, he was a Mets fan. He idolized Keith Hernandez in his youth. Okay. In fact, in 2000, before he signed with the Rangers, he almost did sign with the Mets. So that would have been interesting, but we'll see how that helped. Kind of, kind of glad that didn't work out for the Mets in a way. Kind of sad, you know, but because um, he's always with Texas two years and traded on because of money issues. But So A-Rod could be buying the Mets. That could be very exciting. Uh, it's nice to see former players buying teams back again, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, and like I said, money is not an issue for either either of those guys, so it's would be kind of a, a hobby or something to do on the side. But once again, it's still a big business, big money business that they are in, and they would get a investors group together and um, and handle all the different aspects of it. But worth yep. following. Yes. All right, we've got we've got XFL up next, Andy, and I don't have much to really bring up here. We got week three today with games at one and four. Tomorrow games are two and uh, two and five o'clock, and uh, the games today on ABC early game Fox, and then tomorrow ESPN and the late game on FS1. That's all I've got for football today. Um, just one other note on pro sports. I don't have much for NHL or NBA today, but uh, uh, after the crash last week at Daytona, a lot of people saw that uh, he's doing well. He's out. He's walked out of the hospital. He's been following stuff. Things went good. He will be just kind of taking it easy for a while. They got substitute drivers that will fill in for him. And this week's NASCAR is in Las Vegas for the Pennzoil 400 tomorrow. But 
like I said, uh, Daytona's moving on with their, their lives, if you will. Um, that's kind of part of the sport. You, you crash, life goes on. Um, yes, it was a serious crash. Everybody's sad. Uh, Ryan Newman is healthy. He's out. Things are good. But concussion protocol and other things, I'm sure he's going to take some time and just sit back for a while. But we're happy to see Ryan Newman doing well. Uh, they go on again. Again, today, the Pennzoil 400 in Las Vegas. That'll be tomorrow afternoon, I believe, 12 o'clock. I had a uh, interesting note here, Andy. Uh, a friend was in a Daytona for something unrelated uh, last week, and before they flew, him and his wife, before they flew back, they did a tour on, I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday, a tour of Daytona. They went in there and got behind-the-scenes look at Daytona, and this was, of course, after the crash happened, and uh, he had two comments to say. Number one, if you ever get a chance to go to, to Daytona just to see the size and the magnitude of this place, it's huge. Right. Number two... The person giving them the tour, the guide, uh, pointed on the track where that crash took place with Newman and then pointed to the spot on the track where Newman ended up. And uh, he, he claims it was about a quarter mile difference. Is that about right? Uh, I couldn't. Yeah. Okay. You, you ever look around the corner at 200 miles an hour, so when you see it on TV, it looks like it's not taking that long. Yep. It's a two and a half mile track. So each straightaway is about you know mile and a quarter. So. You're coming down that and you see him zip zip. That's a half mile. That's a quarter mile where he rolled. Um, I saw some fan footage from a cell phone the other catching the last lap on their phone. You know, and the one guy that crashed like and he stopped right in front of him. And it was kind of this was the thing with NASCAR, and it's you don't mean to bring up bad things, but it's crashed. The car explodes. It's all in little pieces. He walked out of the hospital two days later. I've seen, I've heard of people staying in the hospital longer after giving birth. He was in a car crash and walks out two days later. Yeah, you look at the crash that took Dale Earnhardt's life. He just went nose under the wall and that was it. Yeah. And snapped his neck. You know, you look at that crash, you go, oh, that's too bad. That's going to hurt. No, that killed him. You look at Ryan Newman's crash. He walked out of the hospital two days later. That shows you how safe these cars are now and everything else. So, yeah, it is. It is amazing. All right. That sounds good. <clears throat> that's, that's what I got for pro sports. All right, well, let's move into some high school sports here. State of Minnesota. What have you got, Andy? Well, we've got a few different state tournaments going on this week. We'll start with um, girls gymnastics finished up yesterday, today and tomorrow. Yesterday was Class A. Without getting too much into it, um, final results were in Class A for girls gymnastics. Was Big Lake was first, Perham second, and Watertown Mayor finished third. Uh, that's how we're sitting there for... The girls' gymnastics and then double A would be today. So good luck to the girls down there participating in that. We also have girls' state hockey going on this weekend. And uh, that started on Friday, or on Wednesday, I'm sorry. The uh, three rounds of small schools play Wednesday, then they go Thursday for the bigger schools, and Friday, Saturday are semifinals and finals. Um, finals are today. Uh, I pull a picks on there. I am. Two, I got two teams left, but at least uh, I got one team in each bracket. The finals sitting right now for Class A would be the Lumberjacks, uh, the C three seed who beat War Road, who I had uh, going to the finals. They beat them six to, or five to three yesterday, which is uh, kind of an upset in a way. I kind of like War Road, thought they were a better team. 
and Brecht beat Rochester nine to one to advance to the finals. And uh, I predicted Brecht to win that one. Brecht's a pretty good team. Nice machine there, they'll win. And class double A, it was uh, Andover over Minnetonka, four to three in overtime. Very exciting game there. Uh, went down the last second. Minnetonka had the lead with two minutes to go. Uh, Andover scored with 40 or 29 seconds to tie it, then one shortly in overtime after that. Edina won their semifinal game, three to nothing over Maple Grove. So Edina and Andover going for the championship tonight at seven o'clock at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul. Um, I do not have anything on the wrestling, sir. Do you have anything on that? Yeah, I've got two notes to make on uh, on wrestling. Number one, or, or first of all, I should say, uh, this weekend is the individual section championships. Uh, and so the state tournament actually begins next week, but the individuals are this week. Last weekend, very interesting, was the state sectional teams. I mean, not, not, not the state, the sectional team. And I've only got two notes here uh, on Class AA, nine, number nine ranked Scott West Wrestling. Um, they have a uh, long time gone to the state many years over the past couple of decades. Uh, last year lost by one point in the sectional finals and, uh, and, and we're actually watching the state from home, uh, did not get uh, the chance to go. This year they were uh, projected to win or if they were going to lose, it was supposed to be close to Hutchinson in the finals. Okay. Well, they get beat by St. Peter in the semifinals. St. Peter goes on to face Hutchinson and they make it close. But Hutchinson Wednesday will be advancing to the state. Uh, Scott West, back-to-back years, not attending the state tournament. Um, and so that is double-A. Triple-A, the big schools, I'm going to focus on Section 2. Section 2 has the number one team in the state, Shakopee High School, the Shakopee Sabres. Uh, check this out. Ranked number one, they won their opening round, 78 to nothing. Jeez. They won the semifinal match against the number four seed, 78 to nothing. Holy cow. And then they go to the finals against New Prague. New Prague's got a good wrestling team this year. Uh, Shockby yeah. still wins 49 to 13. Shockby will advance. Uh, they'll be the overwhelming favorite to win the entire, entire deal. And uh, the interesting thing there is that section also has Apple Valley, which has been a longtime state winner, state championship back in the 90s, 2000s, and once their coach uh, left, they haven't been doing well. In fact, this, this season in the sections, they were ranked number seven in the sections, and they got beat 62-9 to nine in the opening round by New Prague. And um, that, that you know, it's, it's very interesting, that whole section. New Prague won the next round 50-12 to 12 over Prior Lake, which also has a good team. Mm-hmm. But the Shakopee team has a lot of the old uh, – old members of the Apple Valley team uh, as far as in the coaching staff and the coaching ranks and whatnot. So oh, they are essentially Shakopee is the new Apple Valley. Is, and so they, that, that's why they are so successful. Now they're also facing some criticism as far as recruiting players, getting players to come from other States and some of those kind of same shenanigans that Apple Valley was criticized for back in the day. And uh, they run their programs essentially like a, like a division one college uh, guys are coming in and out, essentially open and rolling. They're getting top level yeah. recruits from all across the nation to, you know, to go to school for a single school year or two and then join the wrestling team. And then, um, you know, you know, win the title, then off they go back, move back home. So 
they're getting kind of some of the same criticism of Eden Prairie football got for a while there. It's it's similar to that, so that's why they're that good. <clears throat> but uh, that was a good 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 match. That's all I've got for for wrestling. Okay, yeah, that's all I got for high school sports. Again, like I said, some other state tournaments coming up here. I saw, you know, there. So every weekend there's something coming up. Always fun stuff going on. Just keep following the Minnesota State High School League page, uh, mfhsl.org to follow the tournaments. Yeah, first round games you can always find online on their website. I saw some of those Wednesdays. Good coverage. It was good clear screen, so that's not an issue. And of course, the game's on Channel 45 for hockey today, and for basketball and boys hockey that comes up too. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, on to Olympic sports. Anything uh, relevant this week in Olympic sports, Andy? Got a couple, couple different ones. Uh, first one, February 17th, marked the 22-year anniversary of the U.S. women's hockey team capturing its first Olympic gold medal. Olympic winter games this time of year is kind of a part, important thing. You see a lot of those things coming up on your memories for sports on your Facebook if you follow that stuff. About 22 years since the women won their first one. And Saturday marks the 40-year anniversary of the 1980 Olympic men's hockey team where they beat the Soviet Union uh, the Miracle on Ice game where they went on to win the gold medal there. And that was... I don't like get confused. The and that was... The, won, yeah, that's the semifinal. The yeah, that was a semifinal yep. game. Wow. Yep. Um, so that did that. Unfortunately, a majority of the players from the iconic team won't be at the parade. And uh, they're having one in Las Vegas this weekend. Uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, two cities who back in 1980 never thought would see an NHL team, <laughs> having a parade today for it. Um, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal newspaper, 18 of the 20 players from the team will attend in Vegas. The exceptions being Bob Suter, who passed away in 2014, and Mike Pavlich, who was recently ruled mentally incompetent to stand trial assault from assault charges in northern Minnesota. So, except for those two, 18 guys are going to be there, which is pretty neat to see that they all still get together. They're all still no one's washed their hands and said, hey, that was a horrible time in my life. I don't want to remember it, whatever. <laughs> and of course, Coach Herb Brooks won't be there either from him passing away a few years ago, too. But, uh, so that's pretty, pretty exciting. It's kind of weird that it's in Vegas. I kind of wish this would have been like in New York where Lake Placid is like the Rangers or Islanders would have had this. You know, kind of somewhere there would have been neat. Or even Boston or Minnesota because that's where half the team was from. You know, that would, should have been where they had it. But uh, no, so that would be kind of interesting. 40 years ago today. Do you remember where you were 40 years ago today, sir, when that happened? No. <clears throat> no, I don't. Right. I, I was uh, – it was probably – watching the game but it probably was at home yeah i would have been uh i would have been 10 years old watching it on the on the old uh, tel- uh color television on channel five probably yes. yes i remember a lot of reporters were saying you know, this was back then when they didn't show the games live and there was no internet and they had to cut the game down for tape delay that night and everything else because actually an afternoon game and also people in the newsroom were getting called back going they beat the russians like and what you know, so, you know, no one knew coming in. It's like internet today. It's like, that, and that's the tough part of watching Olympics now is, especially when it's overseas where there's a 12 to 16 hour difference. Oh, hey, so-and-so won the diary today. Michael Phelps won all these gold medals in swimming today. Great, I guess I won't watch tonight then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, they usually know show the, the things in the Open for the U.S. Windsor as well, so you know they're going to do good anyway, but still. I don't want to hear about your records and stuff now. I just kind of wish people wouldn't put that stuff up. I, internet went post-Olympic stuff. Yeah, we're going to run into that same issue. The next Olympics is Tokyo, so yep. that's similar kind of a thing. You'll get up in the morning and find out how the results for tonight already. So, but yeah, so 40 years ago today, uh, the stunning game where they beat the Soviets. You know, kind of kind of watch the movie Miracle again here this weekend. Now just because of the celebration, kind of a how you watch, you know, Miracle, uh, Miracle 34th Street at Christmas time, or you know, planes, trains, and automobiles at Thanksgiving. Watch all those holiday movies like that. You know, if I watch Miracle again this weekend, like we do for that, so always a good. When I recorded the audio for this guy, got a little misty when they did the countdown in the last 10 seconds there. So kind of kind of neat to see that. And I think that the best part is how it was the pro-Russian team against not even really college all-stars. Because if you watch what Herbie picked the movie, he didn't pick the best players. He picked the players he wanted. Correct. So it wasn't really an all-star team even. It was, uh, here's me and my buddies are playing the Russians <laughs> type of thing. So that was kind of neat. But on to other sports, this week in sports history, kind of a new segment we're starting here. Um, we've always done it for music. I thought, well, we might as well start with sports, too. Yeah, we, we are a sports-related show, along with music, so we'll do it with sports, too. So we start with the Olympic stuff there. Uh, February 16th, 1950. The writers for Major League Baseball failed to elect anyone to Baseball's Hall of Fame that year. So you look at all the problems, and now it's steroids, they should vote them in, or this or that. They had nothing there. They just had the one they liked in 1950, I guess. So that's kind of interesting there. Um, on uh, that same date, February 16th, 2012, uh, eight years ago, since then, when uh, former Major League Baseball catcher Gary Carter passed away of a brain tumor at age 57. Yeah, well, he's Gary Carter is one of the reasons I like the number eight uh, for him and him alone. Uh, one of my favorite numbers uh, for, for to, to wear on the senior men's circuit here for baseball. I've always liked number eight because of Gary Carter. Yeah, he was my my, my hero growing up watching baseball. Um, I remember I was eighth or ninth grade. It was the All-Star game in Cleveland. where yeah, That's before you could feel the games. The only time you could see the National League guys is on the All-Star game, you know. And he had two home runs at MVP, and I was really starting to get into baseball that summer. I thought, God, this guy's pretty good. You know, I, I really like this guy. And so I kind of followed from there. He went to the Mets. Being a Mets fan, that kind of blew up the – Man crush, if you want to call it, or fandom, or whatever form, <laughs> and kind of went from there. And the bromance. Yes, the bromance. Um, but yeah, he was a great guy. He was he was coaching uh, senior circuit baseball for a while, not meaning like National League senior circuit, meaning like old retired guys. Major baseball had a senior team league. They tried in Florida for a little bit for they played for like a month with all the old retired guys. He was doing that. I think he was trying to get back into coaching a little bit. He wanted to get into it. Yeah, like I said, uh, brain. Tumor took him at 57 years old. February 17th, 1931, former NFL coach and defensive guru Buddy Ryan was born. Mm. And uh, Buddy Ryan since has passed in 2016. Uh, in 2016, Tony Phillips, uh, former A's player, also passed away at the age of 56. Um, now, this is a long time ago when you hear the name, this is why. February 18th, 1895. George Gipp, the Gipper of Notre Dame football fame, was born. Okay. So you always hear the name the Gipper. It's like, okay, but I never realized how old the man was. So I saw 1895, holy cow. But you still hear the Gipper all the time. So 
it's just baseball fans who wanted to see more baseball, so they'd go to those games too. Kind of like here in the area for a while when the Twins were going bad and the St. Paul Saints started. The Saints were getting more popularity than the Twins were. The Saints Saints now want to take over the Twins in popularity. That wasn't their goal. Yeah. It just happened for a few years, you know. In some of these towns, the Negro League team was better than the pro team. They just wanted to go see a good team play. Right. And that kind of made everybody want to step up their game a little bit. The night game, hey, if they're doing it in this low-budget league, why can't we? We're the big money league. We should be doing that before them, you know. So, kind of a learn from the ones below. You can learn more from the people below you than you can the people above you type of thing. And it might be uh, some of the ideas uh, the NFL is picking up and using based on uh, some of the experiments that the XFL is putting right. into play. So um, they can all learn learn from new new ideas. Anything more on sports, nope. Andy? <clears throat> no, that, that's the sports. All right, we'll move on to the musical segment of the show. This week in music, what have you got for us, Andy? Well, we've got a few, few things here. Uh, kind of look at the concert calendar. We'll start with first year locally. Uh, Mar- uh, these are our concerts at Mystic Lake, March 3rd, Ario Speedwagon. Uh, Treasure Island on March 13th as Foreigner. And June 12th, Alice Cooper. Uh, Jackpot Junction on March 27th, we'll have Hairball playing. Uh, you go to all those casinos' websites for ticket information. XL Energy, there are a couple of good concerts I got note there. Uh, February 23rd, some band called Kiss. I'm not sure how good they are. They'll be playing there on the 23rd. Oh, yes. Have you heard of them? Are they any good? They're, they're okay. They're okay. I got a friend uh, who's going to that show, and uh, and, and they're excited. Uh, to, they've never seen them before. And I said, well, get 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 ready. It's going to blow your socks yeah. off. So. David Lee Roth opening up there. That should be kind of interesting. Then May 20th, Five Finger Death Punch is playing at the XL Energy Center. Um, not a lot of Target Center coming up in the next month or so because of all the high school tournaments we played there. And oh, yes. going, um, Andy, you, you missed the Ozzy Osbourne concert coming up. Oh, yes. No, no idea. Ozzy's had to cancel his tour. It's been scrapped. Um, it says here on, uh, it's been one, one year, one hell of a year for Ozzy Osbourne. On one hand, the Prince of Darkness has been preparing for the release of his new album, Ordinary Man, which came out this weekend complete with the title track featuring Elton John. On the other hand, he's also revealed his diagnosis to Parkinson's disease after having already rescheduled 2019's No More Tours 2 tour. Now Ozzy's announced that he'll be canceling his North American tour dates to work on his health. Ozzy said, quote, I'm so thankful that everyone has been patient because I've had a shit year. Ozzy's <laughs> words. <laughs> That's Ozzy for you, though. At least he cleaned it up that way. Um, Unfortunately, I won't be able to get to Switzerland for treatment until April, and that treatment takes six to eight weeks. I don't want to start a tour and then cancel shows at the last minute, he said. As it's not fair for the, to the fans, I'd rather just go get a refund now, and when I can do a North American tour down the road, everyone who bought a ticket for those shows will be the first ones in line to purchase tickets at that time. So he's not saying he's done touring. He's going to cancel his tour. He's going to get his health back together, get Parkinson's disease, uh, see what he can do for touring after that. 
but we, we, we hope the best for Ozzy. He's a very talented singer. I, I'd say what you will about his personal life and everything else. Music writing and talent-wise, very, very talented man. Correct. All right, now we'll go into this week in music. Uh, February 16th, 1961. Andy Taylor of Duran Duran is born in England. He later joins the supergroup Power Station while Duran Duran is on hiatus. The success of his new venture pursues him to leave the pursues him to leave the band and he's helped on he helped form as a teenager. So he helped form Duran Duran as a teenager. Duran Duran took a little break. He went to a different band that well supergroup to start with and thought, hey, this is more fun than Duran Duran. And he uh did a couple solo albums which are pretty good I got right there too. Uh February sixteenth, nineteen fifty eight Tracy Morrow was born in New York, in Newark, New Jersey. Um, used to go by the name of a, a poet pimp named Iceberg Slim, but you probably know Tracy Morrow better as Ice T. Oh, yes. February 18th, 1974, Kiss released their debut album, self titled album featuring Strutter and Colt Gin. Good stuff. I think Strutter's probably my favorite album, song on that album. Yeah, yeah. I've always had like that song. Uh, 1958, or I'm sorry, 1953, Robbie Bachman, of drummer for Bachman Turner Overdrive, was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. BTO. BTO. Winnipeg, so he's kind of a local boy, so we've got to talk about that, you know. Uh, February 19th, 1980, ACDC lead singer Bon Scott dies after a night of heavy drinking. The coroner's report lists acute alcohol poisoning as the cause of death, classified under death by this adventure. 2003, Johnny Paycheck died of a respiratory failure at age 64. Johnny Paycheck, famous for the song, Take This Job and Shut It. <laughs> I remember my mom and dad listened to that all the time. They were kind of country western trans. It was one of the first songs I learned the words to as a kid. So, uh, 1995, they watch as Pamela Anderson marries Molly Cruz drummer Tommy Lee on the beach where the bride wore nothing but a white bikini. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that was quite the couple I remember there in the late 90s, those two. Um, Francis Buchart, 1954, uh, bass guitarist for the Scorpions, was born in Germany. February 20, 20th, 2003, fire breaks out at a Great White concert in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. 100 people, including the band's guitarist. I remember Island. that. <clears throat> uh, February 20th, 1967, Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain was born in Everdeen, Washington. He gets his first guitar at the age of 14 and works on mastering Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Hmm. I remember Cobain, Kurt Cobain, uh, I heard an interview with the guys from uh, Loverboy. He was there from Loverboy. At the time, Loverboy was, he could sing the phone book and people would buy it. Nirvana came out and you couldn't book Loverboy to play a birthday party for a 10 year old. I mean, you know, Nirvana came out, the Grimson came and just hair bands and just stopped. But uh, Kurt Cobain, very talented man. Um, Rose is Courtney Love. He married her and with her band, and she became kind of popular off of that. And uh, very talented guy. He, um, the drummer, Dave, uh, what was the drummer from Nirvana? The one on the Dave Grohl. Grohl, yes, he's moved on and started his own band. And the, they, he's another talented guy. Just, I'd love to know what Nirvana would still be doing today if they were still around. If they'd still be recording. If he'd be helping other artists, just kind of one of those, we'll never know, but we always kind of fantasy book, if you will, what he would be doing today. Yeah, his, it would have been his 53rd birthday this week, uh, and he did a lot of poetry. 
not a lot of he also did a lot of you know of course music but the the poetry that he wrote and the creative side of of him i own that book called the the cobain journals um that it's a, basically it's a it's a notebook of all of his drawings doodlings and writings uh in a, in a published format it's very interesting how creative he was yeah i don't like when people compare other people from different generations but he was almost kind of this generation's jim morrison yeah yep kind of outside the box thinking, not off the wall, but still outside the box thinking. Very when you when you look to it, like man, I never thought of that way. That's a really good talent, you know. But yeah, so Kurt Cobain, 1967 was born. February 21st, 2001, Johnny Cash gets out of the hospital where he was treated for pneumonia. Makes it to the Grammy Awards that night where he wins Best Male Vocal Country Performance for a Solitary Man, his 10th Grammy. Hmm. February 22nd, 1993, Lenny Kravitz releases. Are you gonna go my way? A song that went, a song about God. I've heard the song a billion times and never thought of it that way. So I gotta kind of re-listen to that one again. Never thought of Lenny Kravitz singing songs about God. Here's another one for your homework assignment to listen to. 1989, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince win the first ever rap Grammy for best rap performance for parents just don't understand. They're a comic tune built from the I Dream of Genie theme song. And so I'll have to go back and listen to that one again, too, but I never heard that. Mm-hmm. I never picked that up. So a little homework assignment for everybody to go back and listen to that. Are you going to go my way by Lenny Kravitz and see what it says about God in there? The Fresh Prince, parents would understand, and so you can pick up the I Dream of Genie theme song in the background. That's what I got for music, sir. What have you been listening to this week? Well, I've been listening to the 1988 release of L.A. Guns, the, uh, the debut self-titled album by la guns called la guns january 20 uh january 4th was released and uh the reason i picked this one because of the 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 interest in uh that whole music scene they came out with the songs uh, no mercy one more reason electric gypsy one way ticket and sex action all came out on this album um that, that came out it went gold a few months later and then ultimately platinum but it's the ever-revolving uh roster of this group la guns they've been around for a long time and in fact this group is still active to this day and they've released 12 studio albums this was their very first and kind of got lost in the shuffle but they they toured after this one with ted nugent and acdc uh back back at that point and they were just you know starting to to uh, make it big the interesting thing is here L.A. Guns was formed from the guitarist named Tracy Guns. And Tracy Guns started this off, and this was back in 83. And so this five-year period from 83 until they released this album in 88, they were going through the roster changes in the band. Uh, They had a lead singer named Axl Rose, who was playing in the band called Hollywood Rose. And they got together and formed the band. And with Guns and Mr. Axel Rose, they named their band Guns and Roses. That's that's how that became the name here okay. in these in these L.A. this Hollywood these Hollywood bands. It was Guns and Roses with with Tracy Guns of all things and Axel Rose. They went on. They had a dispute. Tracy Guns left. L.A. Uh, Guns and Roses became huge. Uh, of course. 
and uh, the rest is history. But Tracy Guns and his band L.A. Guns never made it. They never they had a commercial success with that very first album. After that, got lost in the dust. They went through different drummers, different lead singers, different formations of the band. And uh, like I said, they've been going all these years with different different connections. The actual album was recorded by a drummer um, that had left the band, and then they took over with Mr. Riley. Steve Steve Riley from Wasp actually played on the tour of this L.A. Guns and then stayed with the band ever, ever since, um, the former drummer for Wasp. And so this is heavy, heavy connection to Hollywood and Los Angeles. This entire album was 36 minutes long, very fast-moving, 10 songs, a couple of covers, and... Uh, Generally had you know you know you know critics came out with with pretty good. It, it kind of started this hair metal scene. It started this glam metal scene, and a lot of bands back you know a lot of a lot of players uh, back and forth. In fact, Tracy Guns went on to form the rock supergroup Brides of Destruction with Motley Crue uh, from with Nikki Six of Motley Crue in 2002. Brides of Destruction was a supergroup. So Tracy Guns. Tracy Guns has been in and out for, for, you know, he's been in the music industry since 1983. And boy, the stuff that he's done, but he's a name you'll never, um, never hear or never think of when you think of, of, of famous um, rock, rock music, rock guitarist and things like that. So very interesting. I had a good time going through this, uh, through the history of all this. It was very, very interesting. I did like that album. I'll, I'll put a post of a song here in in the in the show but yeah guns and roses was tracy guns and axel rose and axel rose's first band was hollywood rose and the two got together basically at the behest of tracy guns and he initiated this whole thing but got lost in the shuffle in the background but that was a 1988 album self-titled their, their second album cocked and loaded was for ellie guns had the ballad of jane on there which was their one big hit well, the, the thing is, that's an interesting point. I forgot to bring that up, Andy, is they were known for their heavy metal, but the, but the biggest success were a couple of ballads that they did, and yeah. they were always known for that. Their second album was called Cocked and Loaded, and, yeah. um, and th that's where they got their, their huge claim to fame was you know the second album and some of those other ballad songs. And that's – so I think yeah. – <laughs> Night Ranger kind of fell under that same category too. They did Sister Christian and a lot of the other songs kind of ballady, but if you listen to the rest of Night Ranger's albums, they're more rock and roll, hard rock based. But they release all their ballad songs. That's what everybody thinks of when they think of Night Ranger first. All they did all those lovely ballads and everything else. Well, no, listen to the rest of the album. Listen to the other six songs on there. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to do for this this one here. This this L.A. Guns uh, debut album is very very good, uh, but it got lost in the shuffle because Guns N' Roses was out. Uh, they also, Guns N' Roses got, you know, Duff McKagan, who left Seattle, um, thinking that there was no action up there in Seattle, came down and was in uh, L.A. and was a uh, you know, member of Guns N' Roses there. But right after he left, the aftermath is when Seattle blew up in the grunge scene. And he was part of that and left because he didn't see anything happening there. So he's an original Seattle boy. You know, and, you know, if you could have seen him in Nirvana with Dave Roll and Kurt Cobain, that would have been quite the lineup. Or, yeah. Anyway, Duplicate, I think, would have been okay either way. <laughs> that's fine, just fine. Yep, yep. So that's all, that's all I've got there. Please leave your comments 
below and with also any other recommendations or uh, or requests. Yeah, you get us on Facebook page, um, Sports and Songs on Facebook, or on Twitter, Instagram. Coming soon, a YouTube channel. Um, and also look for on our Facebook page for uh, links to a new blog we're starting pretty soon also. Very good. I read the first post uh, that you had out there. That was very good. Yes. Oh, you're the one who read it. Okay, good. I was wondering. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Sounds yeah, good. We'll look forward to We'll look forward to next, next week. And once again, state high school sports tournaments will be in full swing. Yes. That's all I got, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye.